Hello, everybody, and welcome to KPMG's Real Estate and Construction in Canada podcast series. I'm your host, Tom Rothfisher, National Industry Leader for our real estate practice. And on today's episode, we'll be diving into the world of family offices and what this means for real estate owners. Joining me for this conversation are Jason Belanger, partner and real estate lead for our Quebec practice, and Bridget Sachs, senior manager from our Quebec family office team. Jason, Bridget, thank you so much for joining me today. Pleasure to be here. Pleasure to be here, Tom. So look, in our last episode on estate planning, Lauren Schillinger briefly touched base on the concept of a family office as a way for real estate owners uh, to uh, manage and preserve their wealth. Today, what I'd like to do with you guys is unpack this a little bit further. I'd like to start at the beginning on how owners get to the stage of considering a family office all the way to the critical success factors needed to establish a family office structure. And so Jason, maybe what I'll do is start with you and and let's start back at the beginning. Can you walk us through the life cycle of a real estate investment and how owners would find themselves in a position of even needing to create a family office? Sure, Tom. Maybe if we go back right to the beginning, you know, you have an entrepreneur, he starts a business. Over time, starts to have some profitable operations, some point doesn't need to withdraw his profits and, and he can create enough liquidity where he starts looking at thinking of other things that he can do with his funds, such as, you know, I could acquire the warehouse I'm working out of, whether it might be an office building or, or, or something else. You know, and eventually one day uh, the business gets to a certain size and they look to protect their assets. So they start to look at different ways and different strategies. And one of them is to start pulling out the real estate and putting it into different sanities and keeping it within the family outside of that operating business. So they end up at this point where they've invested in real estate. It's outside the business. It's being rented by the business. Uh, They continue to grow. Maybe they start investing in real estate investment trusts, other commercial and residential properties over time, some publicly traded stock, and they just continue to grow. But kind of outside of that operating company while they're still building that operating company. And sometimes they get to the point where the real estate takes on uh, its own size and gets to the point where it's almost like they have a real estate division within this family. You know, they may have employees, management that, that aren't in this other operating company, which was the foundation of their success. So I think that makes a lot of sense to me, Jason. If I if I understand you correctly, what you're pointing out is that at a certain point in the investment cycle, a family may have become invested in real estate to such a point that they actually require their own real estate operating entity. Uh, yeah, so it's not just the real estate for the business. Sometimes they start looking outside of that and really building it, and that's where they're saving their non-operating business funds and, and for the family. You know, and, and then they start looking at different things because they have this operating entity that's real estate oriented. They have multiple properties. They're going to start looking at software. They're going to become more sophisticated. And at some point, you know, as I was saying, they might hire a management team to continue growing that side of the business or, or some family members actually may, may take that on. And life gets a lot more complex because, you know, you have your operating company and, and you have this real estate on the side, but it's now not really a side business. It's It's become part of the family in and of itself. Well, maybe you can describe what about the family? Well, at this point, you know, there's maybe multiple generations involved in this business and and some of them are managing the operating assets. Some of them may be managing the real estate assets and they all really want to know information about the family assets because they're all involved. 
they all at some point end up with ownership within these entities. There may be trust. There may be other structures put in place for the family and they really want to understand well what does the family business look like and and how is it going forward and and what's changing within it so it becomes a little more challenging for them to understand what they own it's just not that operating company it's not one property there's multiple properties and it's across the family in different sizes and different groups within the family so jason that was really helpful bridget i'm going to turn it over to you right now As families start to implement this family office strategy, how do they decide what type of family office structure they're actually going to need? Well, the family office is nothing new. It's been around for a few hundred years. The Rothschilds founded the first family office, and it lasted a very long time. Uh, In the last couple of decades, the practices and structures of family offices have evolved. Families can manage increasingly sophisticated assets and be it real estate. And I will add that there is not a family office that does not have investments in real estate. So it is seems to be the anchor of many, many family offices. But creating a family office is similar to establishing any other business entity. The first and absolutely most important thing in creating the family office is defining the family's goals. What do they want out of this family office? I would say the second consideration would be determining whether they want to keep all of this in-house or whether they want to outsource it and have a third party or a real professional management team establish the structure and run their family office. At this point, before these determinations are finalized, they should definitely be consulting with their CPAs and their lawyers. There are so many legal and tax implications involved that it's much better to seek advice at the outset than run into unexpected problems down the road. Again, as with any new entity, the scope of the operation and the associated costs need to be assessed. Usually, the amount of wealth that needs to be managed and the types and diversity of the assets that the money's invested in will guide this decision. The family office, they need to make a list of critical services that the family office needs to be able to provide. Typically, these would include the strategic planning, constructing the investment portfolio, asset management, finance, reporting, cash flow management, even family governance. And in particular, for the real estate family office, critical services might include operational management, leasing, and other services specifically related to holding a great deal of real estate. So ultimately, there is no one-size-fits-all approach. Establishing the family office varies with the level of interest and involvement of the various family members. As Jason mentioned, there may be several generations involved and important as well would be each member's familiarity with different asset classes. So there are many considerations, but they sort of all lead to the road of what type of family office are you going to have, who's going to run it, and what is their scope? What is the scope of the family office? Bridget, I wouldn't mind digging a little bit deeper into, you know, some of the information that, that you were outlining there. What types of information or other considerations might a family want to consider at this point? Well, as Jason mentioned, information. Number one, without fail, is 
prompt access to the latest data about their net worth. Family members want a complete, near real-time view of their assets, liabilities, and other related financial information. Families need timely and complete data in order to facilitate analysis and planning so that their decision-making is founded on real-time and complete data. We're seeing a growing focus on compliance steps as well. Detailed digitized documentation, audit trails. This has arisen as families' investments and wealth expand and spread globally. Sometimes multi-jurisdictional data and reporting comes into play. Another major consideration for families is security, security, and more security. Family offices are far from immune from cyber attacks. In fact, approximately one quarter of family offices have already experienced a cyber attack. So the need for enhanced best-in-class cybersecurity, business continuity, disaster recovery, and fraud protection standards are paramount for these families. And I would say the final major consideration is privacy. Families are demanding better safeguards around the privacy of their information, including secure access and giving that access on a need-to-know-only basis, even for stakeholders. So that's actually quite a bit to think about and a lot of critical information that you've outlined. Bridget, I'm wondering what you see in terms of the types of tools that family offices should be leveraging in order to provide this information and to manage this information for the family. Absolutely. At the core of all family offices are software platforms that provide comprehensive enterprise management systems specifically for family offices. These would be integrated systems that make reporting and analytics much simpler, more accurate and timely. These systems should eliminate the need or almost eliminate the need for manual processes, for multiple data entry points, and for the need to consolidate numerous spreadsheets from different systems. For example, KPMG in Canada's family office is using a cloud-native application suite, which facilitates the full spectrum of family office management. It has capabilities that include data aggregation, investment reporting. It has a full accounting GL. It can do partnership accounting, transaction initiation, as in bill pay, for example, and has a vault for document management. And that's at the base. Your software should be able to do all of that. There's a huge evolution in your business uh, as you get into the family office and you have a requirement with real estate and different assets. And, you know, it's a proven model that's great to work with. And as Bridget will mention, you know, we have great capacity and the abilities within KPMG to, to help out any family offices that may have an interest. Bridget, any final thoughts? Yeah, I I would just say families should do their due diligence. They should seek counsel from their network of advisors, be it their legal counsel, their accounting advisors, and not to rush into anything. These usually, in particular, the family offices with real estate, heavily invested in real estate, it's taken a long time to get to this point. Don't rush it. It'll be worth it in the long run. That's great. I want to thank you both again for uh, uh, joining us today. Really do appreciate it. And I also want to uh, thank you, our listeners, for tuning in. 
Join us for more real estate content on our industry podcast as we continue to share the latest trends and insights with you on our KPMG Podbytes platform. Bye for now.